the point being, muffins are delicious, but don't use human flesh in them. I said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Never fear change. Life is too short for fear. Chase what is desired. I can do this all day. Would you mind identifying what you are? We're the best friend squad. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Welcome to the rodeo. Ladies and gentlemen, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. This is the way. I have spoken. Welcome to the Skiffy and Fanti Show. Life in the time of coronavirus. Or, as I like to call it, coping in a sci-fi nightmare. <sighs> I'm Sean. I'm Jen! And if that didn't give you a clue about what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about coping and what we're doing to deal with living in this hellscape that uh, we now find ourselves in. Yes, indeed, because 100% we are totally coping. Right, Sean? (laughs) (laughs) Three out of ten. Three out of ten coping. You know, I'm not in a depressive malaise or anything, but yeah. it is certainly like everything. I'm not I'm not productive right now. Like I'm doing oh, some no. stuff that makes it seem like I'm productive, but I have like my brain shuts down hard. Yes, uh, mine does as well. So the only things that I've been capable of recently are my paying job. Presumably, yeah, I, I will also be <laughs> editing this podcast sometime this weekend. So I guess i'm also slightly productive when it comes to the skiffy and fanty side of things but Uh, that's it that's like full stop uh nothing beyond that so we'll talk more about that as we continue uh well the good thing is jen uh we can make this really easy for you for this weekend let's just end the podcast there (gasps) oh perfect (laughs) bye everybody one minute and 40 seconds, I think, of total <laughs> recording time. Jen, it, it shouldn't take you that long. Except Jen will put special effects in or something, and then it'll become like a full production musical halfway through with your whole family singing. Yeah, I'm actually going to auto-tune this entire podcast um, <laughs> and put down some some sick beats behind it. Yeah, that this is where I should like definitely do like one of those like musical runs so you can make it sound even more impressive with autotune. Well, you did suggest that somebody should take the Skype music and turn it into a full song. So That's true. I can use that track. This is how we're coping as we're just talking about nonsense. We are indeed talking about nonsense because nonsense is the only thing that makes us happy during life in the time of coronavirus. Because if we think about things too hard, we will break into tiny little pieces. Yeah, and I, and it, it's worth noting that I, I can't speak exactly to Jen's position, but uh, I am in a, a, a reasonably privileged position. Uh, I wouldn't say like mega privileged, but by comparison to a lot of people who have lost their jobs and things like that during this crisis, or who are working in fields where you just can't social distance, I'm pretty pretty privileged in that respect because I'm a, I'm a teacher. So I've got a little bit of luck there. Uh, so th- there's a sort of recognition that I think that a lot of us are dealing mentally with a lot of shit, but there are also people who are dealing with a lot of extra shit because of things that are beyond anyone's real control except mega billionaires who could literally fix this problem tomorrow. So I, really what I'm trying to get is I'm not trying to play oppression Olympics, but more just to point out like that it's important to recognize what we do have when yes. we are fortunate in some respects. 
I am not in a position to really help people all that much outside of like occasional donations of things. So like I'm I'm limited, but I still have some privilege if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. And I we're in a similar situation. Obviously, I still have my freelance work for the time being. My husband's company uh has actually been incredibly generous and is keeping on as of last announcement, they are keeping on all their employees at full pay. So, I mean, granted my husband doesn't make a ton of money in the first place especially without overtime, but we do have an income coming in for the time being. I think the hardest part is the not knowing. And I think a lot of us are in that position of, okay, but how long is this going to last? And I think, I mean, we could go into a whole thing about how this is basically just, you know, because capitalism is the root of all evil, but that's not what we're here to talk about necessarily. I would like to say that I want to shout out my appreciation for all essential workers that are standing out there on the front lines. And that includes grocery store workers, postal workers, Amazon workers, obviously our EMTs and our nurses and our doctors and everybody else that are putting themselves in harm's way every single day just to keep society partially functioning while all of this goes on. So shout out to the farm workers who are still working. Please thank your grocery store clerk the next time that you have to go to the grocery store, which hopefully you are not doing very often. Thank your Instacart employees. Tip them for Christ's sakes. Tip them a lot if you can. Obviously, if you cannot... Just do your best to be as nice as possible to people right now. I think that's key. This is a a big thing that I think people need to do is be nice to these people. Like, say thank you, you know, ask them how their day is. I mean, if you, you don't have to ask them how their day is. But, like, anything just to make them feel like you're not going to, like, reach across the counter and strangle them to death. Uh, because a lot of them are working, in some cases, they're working in industries where they don't have the option of not working. Because if they lose their income, that, that they may not be able to pay their rent. And depending where you live, right, that may be a thing that's a serious threat right now. There may not be rent freezes where you are. In some some cities, there's been some rent freezes, or at least attempts to do so. But a lot of places don't have that. Um, I don't know about Bemidji. Um, I have not heard anything that there might be rent freezes because presumably that would affect me as someone who lives in an apartment. So the whole thing is like we could do better to be nice to people. Uh, and I will also say that extends to the political sphere as well. Uh, please stop being an asshole. I mean, good luck with that. It's not going to work. No, literally no one's going to listen to that because we're just all going to bicker and fight over stuff and it's just frustrating because at the end of the day um the bickering and stuff isn't gonna it's not gonna matter it's not gonna have any real significant impact that will be positive for anybody vote blue that's that's really all i got vote blue no matter who (laughs) i know that like people are saying to that which uh, that's basically my translation of what it sounds like when i hear complaints about this but I'm just, yeah. But the point is, be nice to the other, be nice to the people that you interact with, um, because they're doing the best they can, often with very limited resources, especially medical personnel, who in some places have basically no supplies, 
uh, and are getting effed over really hard. I mean, this really is just genuinely an awful situation. Mm-hmm. The number of cases in the United States is, it's... 400-something thousand as of this recording. Right. It's terrifyingly high. Unclaimed bodies are going to mass graves in New York. And the morgues are full. We have something like, I think we're up to 800 deaths a day in the state of New York. And that's terrifying and sad. There were 5,000, as if I recall correctly, in, in the United Kingdom. Yeah. So... Nothing is right right now. And like we've said, we're in sort of a privileged position. I, you know, my family is safe. We are home. We do not have to go out. I had to go except for groceries. And my goal is to only go out for groceries every three weeks. So, so far, so good. Um, But a lot of people are not in that, that position. And meanwhile, this is hitting communities of color much harder than it is hitting white communities in the United States because of long-time oppression within the United States and massive issues of systemic racism. And that's scary and something that we all need to remember when this is over, is that stuff like this cannot continue. That cannot continue to be an issue, and it depends entirely on who we vote for right now and what policies that we make sure are enacted moving forward. Obviously, the past three years, four years, oh my god, uh, have really shown us white people. I'm very specifically saying it has shown white people how much systemic racism is a problem in the United States. And this is this is revealing those cracks and those major divides in a really, really big way. Um, St. Louis, for instance, apparently has the the only deaths in St. Louis have been African American. I'd like to see the analyses for what it because it's it's not as simple as just saying like it's racism. I mean that is part of it, but like the structural things from that that led to those things is it because they are disproportionately people working in industries where they can't stay home and they have to work, uh, and so therefore they have more contact, or is it? A combination of that with medical, like there's a lot of different things that could be going on there. So I, I will say it is racism, but it's of the structural variety. So what we're talking about, African American people tend to have higher like rates of hypertension and comorbidities because of class, because of medical care, you know, poverty, food deserts, access to care, literally everything about structural racism has caused this higher rate. It is not that African-American people in general are somehow more susceptible to COVID-19 just because they are Black. That's not how it works. No. It is because we have set up the system after so many generations, both in slavery and then now theoretically out of slavery, but the United States in particular has been set up to kill people of color. And that's, I think, one of the hardest things for me to see happening, just because it's just, it's so angering. There there are a lot of things that are making me angry right now, and that is one of the big ones. Um, but so many things are making me angry right now. And so part of what coping is, 
is somehow redirecting that anger. And that's really hard because in some ways right now, we can't really do anything. This this is the problem. Yeah. It's the helplessness because like you could look around the world and see all of the issues going on, whether they're shitty leadership or systemic racism or some states are taking it more seriously than others. My former home state of Florida, their governors, I... Her, I'll just leave it at that. I'll just leave it at a sound effect because he... Uh, anyway. Uh, and so there's like... Uh, I think part of the frustration for me is... Uh, you know, normally we're pretty helpless anyway. Uh, there's a, like we could talk about things, but there's there's a limit to like what any one person really can do. Communities can do a lot, but there's a limit, right? Like I cannot by myself fix systemic racism. I cannot by myself fix the medical industry. I cannot by myself fix all of the problems with the country. So in a lot of ways, we're always kind of helpless, but we can collect together. We can vote. We can work in communities to make our local situations a little better. We can do small little things like being nice to people and trying not to be a racist turd or whatever. Uh, but now, like, I think the helplessness, we feel it a lot more because we can ignore it when things are okay. And I say okay very subjectively here. Right. Um, and right unquote. now, like, we, we can't because we're all being affected by this, except billionaires who I guess are just running around humping their yachts. Is that better, Jen? <laughs> That's way better. Is that better than the alternative that you yelled at me about that you will delete from this podcast? <laughs> okay, great. They're They're humping their yachts. Right, and that actually makes a lot more sense. Well, they would hump their yachts because they're... Anyway, the point is, like, we're all kind of being affected in different ways and different levels, but a lot of us are just stuck. Like, we can't... Like, we can't do communal action in the same way anymore. Like, I no. can't go to a local church or whatever and help deliver food to people. I can't go to a food pantry. I can't do... None of these things I can do because they violate the, the whole point of social distancing and not being around people. So I think, like, part of the frustration is, like, all I am seeing now is what is being funneled to me through news media or social media. And it's 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 dark. And and I'm stuck. I'm in a bubble. Like, I, I can't escape the bubble. And That's it's true. super frustrating. And I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. You just feel helpless because you can't, like, you're watching people die over there and you can't fucking do anything other than, like, yell on Twitter. And sometimes that doesn't feel like it matters. Like... There are days, there have been days during, I've been in isol mostly social isolation for almost a month now uh, because we went into lockdown pretty soon or mostly lockdown in Minnesota. But there have been days when I just like, I just want to scream because I, there's stuff going on and it's like, it's fucking banana pants bunkers terrible and I can't do anything. And so all I can think is like just to go outside and just like scream at the sun because that's like the most sensible thing I can think to do that would like get rid of that frustration, which is not a great coping strategy. I will just know, don't do it. It certainly results in other problems in your life. So I will say that there has been some amazing, amazing images of collective action that are happening. For instance, basically everybody with a sewing machine and material making PPE uh, for face masks for medical communities or just, you know, the local yeah. community who need it since the CDC is now recommending that you wear face masks when you go outside. That's been amazing. It has been amazing to see the companies that are doing things like retrofitting in order to make and then donate PPE 
Uh, it was amazing to see the Patriots do something like fly to China so that they could actually get PPE for the state of Massachusetts. Was it Massachusetts? Oh, I thought it was New York. No, it was Massachusetts. Oh, um, okay. The Patriots being from Massachusetts. I don't know. I thought they were being nice. No, no, no. You're right. Massachusetts hates New Yorkers. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> The problem was, it's a long story on why that happened, but it was amazing to see that that action actually took place because these are things that these people technically don't have to do, and yet they are doing it. So that's been really amazing to see. And I Mm -hmm. will say, like you mentioned, going out and yelling at the sun. Don't go yell at the sun. However, there has been this uh, really cool movement of people going out, and I think it's at 8 p.m. every evening, and howling at the moon in a sort of collective just yell and both of probably anger and frustration, but also support and letting everybody know we're here. We're going to keep fighting. We're going to survive. In addition, I highly recommend that people go watch some good news with John Krasinski. It's not science fiction and fantasy related at all. This is like harsh reality, obviously, but John Krasinski has been producing this really adorable show from his home and it's basically just sharing good news um but it's good news directly related to the pandemic um the things that people are doing around the world the the people that are inspiring him while all of this is happening and it's just full of so much joy and also uh, some pain obviously but so much joy and in the second episode oh my goodness the Hamilton cast came on and sang Alexander Hamilton, which was phenomenal and worth watching. But so there are things that are happening that are there to bring us together. And those are the things that are kind of helping me cope. But I mean, I've been talking about this on Facebook and on my Twitter, the fact that each one of us has our own way to cope. And there is no right way to cope. No. There's there's not even a requirement that you cope. You are allowed to break down and do nothing right now. That's okay, too. I said on Facebook that I'm 75% okay 75% of the time. The rest of the time, I'm basically playing Stardew Valley because... <laughs> Well, part of that's because I can't use my thumb, so I can't play video games uh, right now, which is very disappointing. But Stardew Valley is this, like, it's incredibly repetitive, especially after a certain amount of time. I'm on, like, year four and, like, hour 125 or something, right? like, ridiculous like that. And But it's a repetitive action that I don't have to think about. And that's helping me, at least for a couple hours every day just kind of get through a couple hours every day. Things like that are the strategy that I'm using to cope, but it's important to remember too, and I said this last night, that everybody else is coping differently. And the hard part is going to be for some of us, and this was what was happening with me, is that I've been kind of berating my husband for his way of coping, which is completely different than mine. Oh, did, is he, is he, is he like hanging out in the shed with like, you know, like a, a swimsuit model calendar from like 1988? Is that what he's doing? No. Oh, sorry. That's just what I assumed your husband would do in a crisis. 
No. Why would you assume that about my husband? That's just rude. <laughs> He's not doing anything. He just he just puts it up and counts the days. <laughs> counts the days? No. Yeah. Uh, that is not what my husband. What did you think I was talking about? You're sick. I... <laughs> Anyway, no, what he's actually been doing is basically, I call it obsessing, obsessing over the stock market because (laughs) our economy (laughs) is not healthy right now. No, it's not, but it makes sense. And if anybody ever tells you that the Dow has, is any accurate depiction of how the American economy is doing, uh, just laugh at them, like literally laugh in their face wildly. Well, yeah, the Joker. You could, I mean, like the Dow, I've seen it a number of times, like people would lose their jobs in their homes and the Dow would go up. Uh, that's literally what's happening right now. The Dow has been going up for the last two weeks. 10 million people, I think, plus have filed 16, for unemployment. 16, 16 now. We are now at 16 million people are unemployed. In addition, addition, right? Is that addition or total? That's the new unemployed people since the outbreak so i don't know what the total is right now but it's at least 16.6 million people it's like 10 plus percent and yet after some major plummets obviously like the the dow had did have a couple of very very we had like the biggest drop since uh 1929 literally the fastest drop in dow history and yet for the past two weeks it's been going up because uh, the Federal Reserve is taking actions basically to prop up billionaires. So, yep. yay. you know, yay. <laughs> this is supposed to be how we were coping. And instead, it's basically like, there's so much bad news. But anyway, that's what my husband is doing because he's stressed. He's very stressed about like he might have employment now that he's not working at. Like he's home every day, but he's still getting paid, which is great. But how long is that going to last? And that's what I said earlier. Like, the not knowing is terrifying. Weird position to be in. And it is very stressful for my husband to to be in that position. We literally just bought a house, right? Like, yeah, you just moved, like, uh, essentially across country. Uh, we, we just moved across the country. <laughs> uh, we just got our house. We just got into our house last month. And, like, are we going to be able to continue paying our mortgage? I don't know. We'll find out. I'm dealing with it, but I'm also on massive drugs, so that helps. And my husband is dealing with it by obsessing over the stock market and watching things like the big shorts and, and why learning why capitalism is evil, which I love. I actually totally respect him. that because capitalism is evil. Uh, <laughs> he's trying to figure out how evil it actually is and how bad the economy is going to get essentially the real economy by the way not the one that the dow jones indicates well all this is a concern on my end because i'm a fixed term employee i don't have tenure and while i'm i'm pretty sure i'm good for the next year because I've, i'm con- contracted for the year uh that like that could change right there could be a huge budget shortfall and there are there's a budget shortfall right now uh, expected for Minnesota because, it, you know, we're largely shut down. Although apparently Minnesota, almost everything counts as essential service uh, because all we produce here is uh, food and beer. So mm, those are definitely essential. Yeah. Turns out 
Yeah, like 99.9% of Minnesota's essential work, which is impressive for Minnesota. And also, I mad respect, you know, for you guys and your uh, love of beer here. Appreciate it. Uh, I'm being facetious. Obviously, it's not that, that quite that number. But, <laughs> but there's a concern because when you have huge budget shortfalls, one of the things that they love to cut is education. And, uh, well... I'm fixed term. They could decide, you know what, the minor that you're in charge of, we're just going to get rid of it. Bye. And now there's no need for you. Bye. Uh, and it could send me on my way. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, just because I, I think it's, I think it would be very difficult for them to just get rid of me because I think I'm a little bit essential here. But that could also be just because I'm within a department that's actually pretty supportive. And so I feel like I matter uh, and I'm not in different conversations among different people in the university. And so I don't know. But there's always that concern. In academia, it's not like tomorrow I can apply. Like if there are other jobs open, I can just apply to them. Like in academia, it's oftentimes nine to 12 months you're applying in advance. So if I find out that I'm fired let's say May of next year, and I'm not getting renewed, I most likely can't get a job in field. Right. And that's kind of the same position that that my husband feels like he's in because of the fact that where we moved is we're out in the middle of nowhere. And we did that on purpose uh, on one hand, because we wanted shop space for him to eventually have his own welding business, right? But it also means we're out in the middle of nowhere and finding a new job, should it come to that, is probably going to be a little bit more difficult. His commute might go back to being an hour as opposed to what we just reduced it to, which is 30 minutes. I, this is the hilarious part. Like, literally, he, he only got to do his 30-minute commute, like, one day before everything was shut down. Oh. Poor guy. Uh, laugh till I cry. Um, like it was finally like, hey, we're there. We made it. We got you down to a half hour commute. We got our <laughs> house. Woohoo! Pandemic. This is like the thing that it you see it on Twitter a few times, but it's sort of like millennials sort of somewhat tongue in cheek, but also kind of somewhat serious of the like millennials just keep getting hit down just when they start to get stability, <laughs> they just get smacked back down again. Yes. And I get that you're technically Gen Xer, but I'm just going to count millennials and Gen Xers Well, together. my husband's millennial, so that works. Well, yeah, but you get the idea. I think that when they when the media says millennial, they mean Gen X and millennials together because they don't fucking know who they're actually talking about. For God's no, sake, they thought true. it was millennials who run the beaches in Florida. What the fuck do they know? Uh, millennials aren't 18 years old. No, no, they're not. But like you're hearing this of like, well, it was just getting smacked down and smacked down. And like, when I think about it, yeah, because every single time we get to that moment when it like seems like we might kind of get things turned around, like myself, uh, finally starting to get caught up on debts from like moving for a new job and being a grad student and making like almost nothing and working my ass off all the time, starting to get a little bit of stability, starting to move in the right direction, hit a pandemic. And I, I, I think I'm going to be fine because I'm, I'm still contracted to work and everything. And I'll probably still be able to stay up on debt. But like other people, like everything's done. And the, any savings they might have collected since the recession, gone, right, in an instant. I don't have savings, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we're, things are going to be really, really hard for a while. And I think that's something that that is, that's difficult to cope with, right? Like. And for a lot of people, things have been hard for a long time already, but there wasn't the added layer <laughs> of being stuck with the people you love. 
and not being able to see other people that you love, you know, or being stuck with yourself or or whatever it is that you're stuck with right now, right? Like, yeah, this is this is a layer that none of us were expecting. Divorce rates, like if you look at China, just skyrocketed for a very good reason. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And like, we mostly like each other in this house. (laughs) Like, and we also have a big enough house that we can all be in our separate spaces and literally never speak to each other if we so choose to do so. That's a privilege that not everybody has. Uh, Parents are obviously going through some stuff right now of smaller children. Well, yeah, because they're home with a kid all day long and they'd have five days a week when that kid would be at school. More importantly, they weren't the ones in charge of teaching them. Parents, by and large, are not cut out for teaching. I would say, honestly, 99.99% of parents are not cut out for teaching. And I'm not even joking with that statistic. I'm pretty sure it's true based on the number of my friends who are like, I do not know what I'm doing. And luckily, over the past decade, a lot of um, websites have popped up to handle online portions or, or to provide online options for homeschooling in some capacity or another, right? Yeah. So luckily, these already existed before this this happened. If that didn't exist, and as it is, this is going to be like, oh my god, I feel like this podcast has just been bad news after bad news after bad news. What are we doing? Why are we... Oh. This is helping us cope, Jen, because we actually can talk to another human being about this. In my case, because I live with a cat, I don't have people (laughs) around me. Like, I get that people, there's sort of like two at levels, right? Like people who are in houses with people that they're usually not around all the time. And that can be stressful and a strain because it can be hard to have a separation, right? Some people need alone time they need me time but i have the opposite problem which is i'm in a house with no people i mean my cat is as close to a person as i think i'm gonna get uh but it means that a lot of sort of weird social interactions uh, i'm just not getting like yeah i have zoom meetings with my students and some of those have been really great and 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 like really helpful for me because i'm getting as close approximately as i can to a real class but like i'm not having my random interactions with my colleagues at work and friends right like i'm not i'm not able to like let's go out and get a beer right and go to the we'll go to the the brewery and have a beer like let's go have dinner on friday like none of that stuff is in the cards and it can be it gets really hard because i'm by myself all the time and most of my social interaction now is digital and speaking of coping, since this is meant to be what this, this is like talking about coping while not actually talking about coping is really what this podcast is about. <laughs> but some of the things that I've been trying to do, because I, I agree, like something you'd said, I don't know, like 30 minutes ago now, it must have been, which is this idea, like, it, we need to like be okay with, you know, like, that we're we're it's okay to not be able to cope to maybe have a day yes. where you just sit and do fucking nothing it's okay right. if you are not productive during this time at all because not yeah. everybody's going to react the same way for me i am i'm not productive i'm having a huge problem doing the the paid work i'm supposed to be doing like i'm teaching i'm doing the stuff that i'm supposed to do there but like grading has been a fucking nightmare uh right. and so what i've been trying to do is find just things that can help me fill up parts of my day with stuff that I feel like I'm doing something 
worthwhile, even if it has fuck all to do with my job or my career or anything. Yeah, t- tell us about the the blog. Sure, I was I was gonna say the, the yeah I was gonna say the blog challenge, but also talk about some stuff that you and I are trying to do in like social activity. Yeah. So like Adam Calloway, who helped me start this podcast at the very very beginning, before we love Jen you, Adam. Usurped him and and yes. uh, cut off his feet. I send him annual gifts though. Yeah, and and it's just toenail clippings because you've been keeping it in a vat so the toenails still grow. Right, and I actually only send him gifts because, you know, he's a patron of the podcast, but, you know. Yeah, also that, yeah. Uh, But Adam (laughs) and I have been trying to set up a time where we might do, like, little writing sessions because I'd like to write fiction again, which is great. You and I are trying to do a thing, like, we're stuck indoors most of the time, and, like, you know, I can walk, I can go on walks as I live, you you, both of us could probably do it because we live in rural areas, um, and we could walk probably pretty safely, but you and I are trying to do a thing where, like, maybe we'll watch a TV show together, but we'll use it as also our exercise time because we both have exercise bikes. Um, those are, like, little things I'm trying to do to get some kind of, like, community social interaction that isn't just Twitter or text messaging. Uh, podcasting does help, by the way. Uh, the other thing I've been doing is trying this thing I'm calling the the uh, Blog Challenge Project, which is basically just a, a bunch of bloggers. doesn't really matter if you're a sci-fi blogger or not, a, a new one, old one, whatever. Uh, getting together, we have a Discord, and we have a spreadsheet, which has got prompts. And the idea is just to kind of support and push each other to try writing and getting things out and just doing new things, challenging each other. To different prompts and that kind of stuff really just as a way of being supportive but without like the pressure of of like i need to produce for hits or i need to produce to make money but rather just like no like write a blog post about a book you really love and just be a fucking dork about it i don't like it doesn't need to be serious like it can just be fun so like one i just wrote was about my favorite bookstore which right now is uncle hugo's in minneapolis so i wrote a whole thing about how much i love uncle hugo's That's stuff I'm trying to do in addition to, like, the normal things most people are trying, which is, like, binging Netflix. I'm also, like, cataloging my books. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's... Sorry, everybody. I don't know if you know how many books that Sean has. It's a lot. It's a lot. I'm impressed. Go you. Closing in on on 3,000 cataloged so far. Whoa. I have a lot of books. Wow, and that's I awesome. and I just bought a bunch of books too, because <laughs> that's also something I do when I cope, which is find books I really want and then buy them. Yeah, that's actually a really uh, that's interesting because that's one of my ways of of just kind of dealing <laughs> things with too, is I I buy them and then I don't read them. I just buy them. It feels good for some reason. Well, it does right now, especially I can order from my local bookstore and they're shipping. So that's a way to help keep my local bookstore alive right now because I mean indie bookstores in small towns are already struggling. So this is a way to basically help them through this which is even more difficult than usual. So I mean that's it's it's one of many ways to sort of deal with things is just owning books, the pleasure of owning books and buying books and being able to support people and right now, them. like friends mm-hmm. who have books that are getting released and bookstores, right? There's there's different ways to do it. Don't, if you can, please don't buy from Amazon. I've been avoiding it. I, I have not been able to avoid shopping at places that aren't 
truly indie bookstores, which is a tough thing for me, but... Well, there are ways, though, like Librio FM is out there if you want um, audiobooks, and those support local booksellers as well. You know, there's a lot of different ways to to basically hoard books during (laughs) Yeah, uh, and I'm definitely a book hoarder. (laughs) 100%. Uh, and and I'm baking like I well sort of I I don't have to bake for a few days and it was funny because I was hitting we were at 17 days uh, with no groceries which is pretty good I, I gotta say 17 days no groceries um, except eggs we did we did buy eggs from a local producer that is like around the corner but to get through that one of the things we had to do because we didn't have breakfast cereal you know like we could have made pancakes but i was making a lot of muffins um and bread because we ran out of bread mm, muffins and yes i highly recommend baking muffins because they are delicious how do and i make have... can you send can you tell me how can you not now but like later will you send me like a super basic like blueberry muffin recipe. I have I have frozen blueberries, so I absolutely will. And that's what I was gonna say is that if you have frozen fruit in your freezer, that is one of the best ways to make muffins because they actually turn out like fluffier and yummier when you, mm. when you have frozen berries. I'm so in them. hungry right it's now. It's my favorite way to make <laughs> make muffins actually. And muffins are one of those things you can put anything in. You can literally put anything in muffins at all. Like you can put. Bacon and cheese and muffins, if you feel like it, and oh my god, what a good breakfast! Can you put can you put like human flesh in a muffin? I mean, probably. I don't. I don't see why not. Okay, cool. Because I'm. I've got a lot. I've got a big freezer in my back room, and I and I. It's just full of human. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I. I awesome. highly. I. I'm sure. I mean, it tastes like chicken, right? Uh probably not. It probably also causes all kinds of of medical problems if you eat it. I. I mean, I don't. I don't see why. I mean, that's because you've been eating it for a while, Jen. Yeah. But uh, in all actuality, if your body is not, not designed to con- uh, to digest human flesh properly, so you can actually get pretty sick. I did not know that. Yeah. Thank you for that piece of wisdom. It's the only reason not to consume human flesh, which is, which is medical. There's no moral reason against consuming human flesh. Uh, but there's there's certainly a, a medical reason you should not consume human flesh. Uh, if you eat human flesh, it actually makes you hungrier, more ravenous. It doesn't actually satiate. satiate. And if you eat human brain, you run the risk of getting, I think it's like a prion disease. Yeah, I, I did remember that. Yeah. There's a group that uh, it's named after like Kuri Kuri, I think is what it's called. But it, anyway, it's like a really horrible, slow, painful, terrible way of dying. Uh, okay. And there's no cure for it. So really, you should not consume human flesh for <laughs> medical reasons. Uh, I will note that small bits of uh, ritualistic consumption are probably fine, but like regular consumption is not good. Okay. So the point being, muffins are delicious, <laughs> but don't use human flesh. In them. Don't use human flesh. It's bad. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I've been doing, except that, again, my thumb is bothering me, so it's hard for me to knead bread. but. Thankfully, I have a KitchenAid stand mixer, which I need to remember to use instead of my hand. But like, that's part of my way. I my like I I talked about my schedule the other day a little bit because my schedule obviously it's out of whack. It's like hugely out of whack. You know, it's like I I go to bed at like four o'clock in the morning. I wake up at about noon. I have some coffee. You know, I was baking a couple of things a day in order to just kind of keep us from starving. Not. (laughs) <laughs> but not starving because we don't have food, but starving yeah. because there's nothing easy to consume. 
Or fun or pleasurable or comforting. Right. Yeah. Well, a lot of the problem is, and I think a lot of people are probably having the having this issue, is that because we have come to rely on quick things sort of as a society, and I think a lot of places are like this, we've come to rely on food that's prepared by other people. You know, there's there's a reason that like it's really interesting about how people are using more of certain things, right? Like there's shortages. And there are shortages not because we lack those things, like flour, for instance. We have plenty of flour. It's actually because they're generally only produced or 50% of the market is commercial market, right? But now that people at home are using these things, they're having to redistribute their system, essentially, their delivery system, because it's not actually designed for not hoarding. Hoarding is not actually the issue right now. It's basically that they were not producing for the home market. That's what happened with toilet paper. That's what's happening with flour. That's what hap- is happening on at a lot of levels of the things that we use on a daily basis. Right. The National Farmers Union Twitter account has a thread about this. If you go look them up, they they talk a little bit about it. It's basically like, you know, you have a whole bunch of food going to the restaurant business, but people stop going to the restaurant business because they're going to the grocery store and uh, the distribution network can't it can't just like on the on a dime, right, turn around and just be like, well, we'll just distribute it to this place because they're different distribution networks. Exactly. So, I mean, they will get there. Just yesterday when I was at the grocery store, it's, it's clearly doing better. Um, like we have meat in our grocery store again, which uh, the last time I went, uh, there was none, essentially. Uh, flour is still scarce. Um, I had yeah. to buy pastry flour, which I'm not even sure. Of. I can make cookies. I can make all of the cookies, which is fantastic because cookies are necessary in the time of a pandemic. I made cookies not too long ago because I really wanted cookies, but I didn't want to go buy cookies. So I made chocolate chip peanut butter oatmeal cookies. Oh, yeah. They were not. I didn't make them correctly. They still worked. Yeah, they they don't have to be correct. I mean, if 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 really, (laughs) if you want to leave the eggs out and just eat the cookie dough and life is still delicious. That is allowed. You are allowed to eat cookie dough right now. Yeah, you're always allowed to eat cookie dough, granted. But right now. You are definitely allowed to eat cookie dough as much as you want. Throw everything out the window that you thought you had to do because of the rest of society. Well, guess what? It's broken. So do whatever you sure. Want. Well, let me let me add a minor caveat to this, which is that I, I'm not going to do the thing where it's like you have to exercise because your doctor says so, and you'll die if you don't. You have a heart attack. I would say that if you are in a position where you can do some kind of even low-key exercise, like going on a walk, being stuck indoors all the time, if you're not used to that, that's really tough. You know, and so going on walks, if you can do it, even if it's like just a walk around where you your your house, if that's the only place you can really do it safely, cool. Uh I, it's it's exercise, yes. It gets the body moving, right? It makes you and it'll help you f- a lot of people feel better. Not everyone, but a lot of people. Like, after we're done, it is sunny out. I'm going on a damn walk. I'm fortunate because, again, like we said earlier, right, I live in a fairly rural area. This is a very small town. I can avoid people real easy on a walk. It's not hard. But, like, I've been, like, walking and playing Pokemon because, you know what? It gets me out of the door. It gets me outside. I get some sun. And I it, I do actually feel, even though my leg hurts like hell, I feel better than just sitting 
and only like vegetating on my couch all the time because I'm yeah. doing that a lot already. It's really interesting because I mean, obviously like we just got it basically a two acre property. It's about a quarter mile walk. I walk around the edge of the property. So which is really nice for us. And there are no people. Although apparently my neighbor has decided to invite the entire neighborhood over to their house right now, which great. My my new community is not uh, uh, smart. <laughs> it's just, we all know what that means, Jen. Uh, they're Republicans, okay? They're yep. Republicans. I'm just going to say that right now. Like, I live in the middle it. Everybody of Republican country, and they're all deliberately ignorant. So... Anyway, uh, but my property is safe, and I can threaten people with a mace, an actual mace, not a mace <laughs> spray, what? if they come on my property. <laughs> my husband made us maces last year, so. <laughs> I love your husband now. I know. They're, they're fabulous. <laughs> like legit maces? Like you could, you <laughs> yeah, could cave have... in a zombie skull with it? It's specifically designed for zombie skulls, to be honest. Oh, man. I, I am so stoked now. Well, I'll I'll make sure that he makes you one and that you get it. It's it's great. Awesome. It really is. I keep it in the car with me. <laughs> That's going to be an interesting package to send. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you have to get some sort of special thing. You can't just transport weapons across state yeah, lines. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You might, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Well, we'll get it to you somehow, though. But it is nice. And it's been kind of funny because we're we're in this, like like I said, we're kind of in this pending place because we don't want to spend our money right now because we need to save it so that if something happens, like he loses his job, that we still have, you know, some money to get us through yeah. things. Rainy day fund. And there are a lot of like different uh, mechanisms in place to sort of help us through that, thankfully, sort of like we can hopefully get a deferment on our mortgage. We can hopefully we can work with the power company and and everybody else to to not have to pay for a little while. So there there are some mechanisms in place for people to utilize in order to make it through when things really hit the fan. Uh, that's not everybody. That's not every city. Sure. I'm very very fortunate to be in the state of New York, and they are really there. It's not perfect. They should be releasing prisoners. But they're trying. And so there are some mechanisms that are going to protect us in case of the worst. But in the meantime, we're in this pending place, right? And it's gardening time. Right? Yeah. And I'm like, I want to get out and garden. It's very early gardening time for us here. Uh, but I can start planting, you know, cold weather vegetables. One of the ways that I'm actually coping, um, and this is like when I said that my husband and I are completely different, right? So my husband is dealing, is, is, sort of obsessing about things that he can't control, but it's something that he loves as a hobby. He loves investment sort of as a hobby. He doesn't actually invest any money because I don't allow that, but he likes following it as a hobby. But to me, that's something you can't control. And what I find helps me in times of crisis is focusing on those things that I can control. And that doesn't mean that I control them in any way shape or form like right like my sleep schedule right now 4am to noon huh but at least i'm getting up at noon most of the time um i can control baking right like i can i i essentially know how if i put these ingredients together it is going to turn out i can theoretically control my gardening not that i'm doing it i haven't started gardening yet i could theoretically like go outside right now and plant some seeds but 
because I don't have the things to do it in exactly the spot that I want to do it, I'm not going to do it. And that's okay. But I've still written down every type of seed that I have <laughs> because I like charts, you know? <laughs> like, oh, well, yeah. I, if it helps, it helps. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you're cataloging your books. Yeah. Does that help anything? No, not really. But it's something that you can do that is an action, like it's an actionable thing, right? Yeah. And it's a project that I, I started like a year plus ago and just like never completed. And so it's like really tough because like there is stuff I need to do that's actual work related stuff that I'm just behind on. And so if any student is listening to this, I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm so behind, but like your professor is also a human being and uh, is just struggling. It seems like I shouldn't be struggling, but holy shit, like it is hard to sit down and do anything that even feels like work. Uh, so I've been doing a lot of these other projects where it's like, I'm not done with that thing. And I, I kind of want to complete it. I want it to be finished. Uh, I want it to be useful to catalog and to know what I have and what I don't have. So I stop accidentally buying books I already own and things like that. I, you know, it's just I, I think that like it, we're at almost an hour of, of us talking about effectively mostly talking about something that wasn't what we set out to talk about. And then maybe 15 seconds of this has been about us talking about the actual subject we set for ourselves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not quite that bad, but <laughs> you know what? We've been social for an hour and that's it's good. Really helpful right now. I'm an isolationist when it comes right down to it. I mean, I'm not just an introvert. I am a hermit. Okay. Well, let's not use the word isolationist. Maybe, maybe use her hermit might work because isolationist makes it seem like you're like one of those political people. Yeah, okay, that's a, that's a good point. I'm not an isolationist. I'm actually a pro open borders across the globe. You're a globalist, Jen. I, you're I a am globalist. a globalist. You want to make the frogs gay? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that's in reference to. It's Alex okay. Jones. Have you never seen this? No. Oh, it is the okay, greatest no. video of Alex Jones ever. Alex Jones is just he's a evil evil monster but he has this hilarious video where he's just rambling about them putting chemicals in water you know doing one of his things and yelling papers and he just is getting angry and angry and then he goes i want them to stop putting chemicals in the water to make the frogs gay and that's like his whole thing is he like he thinks that they're like intentionally or accidentally i can't remember making frogs gay by putting chemicals in the water designed to pacify us wow yeah but it's wow, the, it's the greatest amazing. Alex Jones meme because it tells you everything you need to know about the man which <laughs> and his intellectual capacity, which is his biggest concern is not all the other things that are actually happening, but rather that the government is secretly putting chemicals in our water that happens to be turning frogs gay. Well, what is it that Pat, Robert, was it Pat Roberts says that the pandemic was caused by giving oral sex to women? <laughs> Yeah, I saw that. Right, and I was so, like, oh, um, Pat, now I know everything I need to know about your sex life. It's the most <laughs> miserable sex life ever. You poor bastard. You have never, like, this is the thing. I now know from that exchange, Pat Robinson's never pleased a woman in his life. Oh, never. Ever. No woman never. with him has ever been satisfied. It's impossible. Never. Nope, 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 nope. Like, nope, and I'm not nope, saying that nope, you, nope, need nope. To, you need to perform oral sex to get that that pleasure. But the fact that he he clearly has no interest in female pleasure, which is weirdly enough a topic that not directly, but indirectly a topic that came up in one of my classes because we were talking about how uh, women in fandom are sometimes um, 
uh, shoved to the side and treated as abnormal because uh, their fandom interests often are treated as hypersexualized, even though they're mm. they're not really that sexualized over men. Because men can like fawn and say how much they think Buffy's hot, but if a woman is like, oh, I like Henry Cavill's abs, it's like, oh, but that's gross. That's like pornographic. But it's like it's not that different than you're talking about Buffy's ass. Like they're the same level of sexual interest. But there's a there's a double standard, right, that exists. And I realize that's nothing to do with this podcast, but nothing to do with it. But that's why romance in general is is not seeing it as anything worth spending your time on, right? You know. Yeah, it's uh, it's probably but again, contributes, yeah. That's another topic. What I'm saying though is I am a hermit, like full on hermit. I am a hobbit, but not to like the social extent of hobbits, but like I I don't even know what extent, just the extent that I actually don't like going out in public all that often in the first place, right? Like You're Bilbo after he came back. But I am definitely a a social hobbit in the sense that I still occasionally crave it because I want to talk to people. I want to share things with them. One of the greatest things that has come out of this, I think, is the fact that I am now Zooming with my family at least once a week that are in California. And so we hang out and we chat and we don't talk about anything in particular. We just shoot the shit, you know, and that's been a really key thing for all of us because we are all physical distancing. My parents definitely have comorbidities. And if they leave their house, I will probably murder them myself. I will literally hitch a ride on a cargo plane, fly to California, and then like show up at their door and yell at them from six feet away. Well, by then, California will be an independent country, so. Oh, I know. That's so exciting. Oh. I've been anyway. seeing all the speculation about Unrelated it. Unrelated. <laughs> Nation state California. Woo, woo. Uh, we're talking about that for the speculative dispatch, I've decided. Okay. <laughs> so if you have family that you, from anywhere, and you have cameras, uh, even if you don't have cameras, like, but cell phones do. Or even if you're not comfortable with cameras, like just talk with your, yeah, talk is what you're getting at. I get it. Yes. The important thing is, is that you connect with someone somewhere and you talk, talk to your friends, talk to your family. If that's all you can do once a week then do it. I highly recommend it right now. It has been so key in how I'm dealing with everything. Like, like I said earlier, like I'm on a lot of drugs, so they're working <laughs> overtime. Thank goodness. But thank goodness I'm on a lot of drugs because otherwise the anxiety and like the sadness of the world would definitely i th th there is a distinct possibility that i would be crushed by all this yeah fair but like i said i am at 75 percent okay 75 percent of the time and you know what i'm running with that i am i am taking that 75 percent of the time and i am like sucking every ounce of joy out of that 75 percent that i can and even if you're only at 25 percent 25 percent of the time take it Absolutely. So if we took this and we distilled what we said down to its original points, the first point, which was the first 75 minutes of this recording, uh, was uh, the world's on fire, everything's terrible, we feel helpless, and it's horrible, uh, because that's where we started. But if we get to the real points of when we're talking coping, the kinds of things that are helping us is one, being kinder to ourselves and being kind to others. 
Yes. Which is important, right? Uh, two is being okay with the idea that you may not be productive and you may just do things that, uh, you know, sitting on the couch or whatever it is, right? That that's okay to do that. Uh, the other would be finding ways to be social uh, with people that matter to you, friends or family, if that's a, that's a thing, right? Whatever it is, find ways to like, you know, do a Skype meeting or something, if it, even if it's once a week or once every other week, something that brings back a little bit of the normalcy. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I guess four uh, would be, it, you know, if you can, you know, get up, and move around. Uh, if you can mm-hmm. go for a walk outside, that's that's great. Uh, if walking around your apartment complex or home is all you can do, fine. Whatever it is, because you know, just sitting down all the time is it. it you're gonna feel better if you just get up and move, um, in whatever capacity you can. Just to be clear, related. If all you can do is stick your head out a window and enjoy a few rays of sunlight or even no sunlight, but air, fresh air. By the way, the air is really fresh right now because nobody's driving. Do that. Do that. Yeah, that's what I would say. I would rephrase that as uh, four is, you know, just get some fresh air. Yes. And if you can go for a walk uh, or something like that, but even if it's just as as you'd suggest, stick your head out the door, right? That That's fine. Anything to get a little bit of that, right? Enjoy the birds. And then five, I guess, is like just find other things to do that uh, bring you joy or help you feel like you're busy or are things that you want to do that are comforting, whether that's baking or reading books or watching your favorite TV show or, or obsessing writing over the stock market or s- sitting around analyzing the stock market as it, exp- it does things that don't make any sense. And I think that's like the big points, right? Those are the yeah. big points. And yeah. if we add a six, it would be you don't have to like we're not offering actual advice. You can ignore us. Yes. But these are the things that we're finding in the immediate moment helpful for us. And real quick, I guess we should mention one of the big things that was kind of nice this week. <laughs> Do you even remember? I know this no. week has already been like 10,000 years long, but... I know. I, it just happened the other day. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to all of our fans. We are... <laughs> you go finalists. We're you go finalists. We're you go finalists. Thank you so, so much. <laughs> Yes, a big thank you, everybody who voted for us. Yeah, I didn't actually forget. I was just offering dramatic pause. I just thought it was funnier <laughs> that way. And thank you, more importantly, to our entire crew who made last year as awesome as it was and worthy of, you know, your nominations because we love them. Oh, and really quick, just a special congratulations to Paul Weimer on his fan writer nomination yeah he's a best fan writer nominee it's really awesome it is really awesome and other people on our team have also been nominated brandon o'brien with faya uh joyce chung with strange horizons i know those two for sure (laughs) it's hard to keep track of for sure i it is very hard to keep track of and a lot of our friends have been nominated for things and we are so proud of everybody so it's pretty phenomenal and we are looking forward to seeing everybody virtually at the first virtual Worldcon. Yeah. It's actually very science fictional when you think about it. It is super science fictional, and I'm actually super excited about it because I don't think I could have afforded going to New Zealand anyway. Yeah, uh, it was out because I didn't win the Duff. So Um, I I do want to just add one last announcement, uh, which is really important. 
because this podcast theoretically will come out the uh, or Monday prior to the 17th. But on the 17th, Friday of April, uh, I am hosting a podcast Q&A on the Skiffing Fanta YouTube channel. I might be there. You, Jen may or may not come because Jen may or may not be supportive of the things that I do and, you know, as supposedly my friend or whatever. Uh, no, but uh, the whole idea for this, there'll be a post on the SkiffyFanny.com website, so you'll be able to find it. And I'll be mentioning it on our Twitter and everything at SkiffyFanty. But the idea is to have a conversation uh, where you can ask questions, you can come offer your 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 opinions about podcasting, uh, whether you are coming from the position of someone who wants to create a podcast and doesn't know what goes into it, or you're an author or other creative type who really would like to ask questions about like getting on podcasts as an interview subject or just anything about that whole process, whether it's getting into one or actually being on one. So uh, the idea is just to kind of give back a little bit to the community and give folks, you know, just a, an inside look at the podcasting world and, you know, productive and lovely. That's really what I'm going for. Yep. On that same day, that evening, Friday, oh, that's right. <laughs> the 17th, Friday the 17th, right? Correct. Yeah. The podcasting portion of our day will be at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on our YouTube channel. Correct. And then that evening on our Discord, if you are a patron of the Skiffy and Fanti show, we will be having our Torture Cinema live watch at 9 p.m. 8 p.m. Central Standard, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard. 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh on discord i we don't know what the movie is yet yep the poll closes on the 15th but uh on that note you still have a couple days left to vote if you are a member of our patreon page and if you are not a member of our patreon page any level gets the ability to vote in the yes. torture cinema polls so if you would like to have a say in what movie we suffer through uh for your pleasure and enjoyment um you can go to patreon.com slash skiffy and to do so and if you'd like to support us in other ways you can obviously find us at skiffy or on twitter at skiffy fanty we're at facebook.com slash skiffy as well uh mostly on twitter and uh, you can email us skiffy at gmail.com i think that's everything well where can people find your blog challenge? Oh, the blog challenge. Uh, the best place is to go to seanduke.net slash blog and scroll down a few because by the time this goes out, I won't have blogged that many. I will try to remember to pin a tweet to my Twitter account after this. So they may also be there. Uh, I am at Sean Duke. Sean is with a U. And Jen, where can they find you? I am at loopdeloo.com. That's my website where you can theoretically hire me to edit your podcast. But the only place I honestly really exist is on Twitter at loopdeloo. And that is spelled L-O-P-D-I-L-O-U. That almost sounds like a like a jingle for like a like a 90s food product. Uh, it's literally here we go loop de loo. Here we go, loop de lie. Here we go, loop de loo. Here we God. go, loop de lie. All on a Saturday night. My, I'm literally named after a nursery rhyme. I mean, theoretically, in some places it's actually loop de loop, not loop de loo, but whatever. Whatever. Close enough. <laughs> well, thank you everybody for joining us for this conversation uh, and hearing what we thought. Uh, if you want to let us know, you know what you think, you can use some of the affirmation ways of contacting us and give your kind of point of view that'd be great leave comment on the episode page for this uh 
you know, thank you. And we hope everybody's doing okay, holding up, you know, and all that. Keep up your physical distancing and keep up washing your hands. And hopefully we will all get through this mostly okay. Absolutely. Well, on that note, uh, I guess we got to get out of here, Jen. We do have to get out of here. So uh, I will just let you know that I decided this time that I would not go commando. Oh, thank God. Yeah. I I know that you can hear it when I when I go commando because you I have mean, razor as sharp dis- ears. Disturbing as that is, yes. Yeah, you can hear the scritchy scratches. It's really horrifying. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, awkward ending <laughs> and scene. <laughs> If you would like to support this podcast, you can do so at patreon.com slash skiffyandfanty. You can also find us on our website, skiffyandfanty.com, and on Twitter, at skiffyandfanty. If you'd like to send us an email, you can do so at skiffyandfanty at gmail.com. The music for this episode comes from Sphere by Creo. You can find out more about their music at freemusicarchive.org.